Time to get you set up for all the weekend's betting action across the sports world. It's BetQL Weekend, only on the BetQL Network. Oh, what a weekend it's going to be. BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, Mutt and Fritz, Mike Manansky, WEEI in Boston, Jack Fritz, WIP in Philadelphia, fresh off a monster event on Thursday night there in some weird backhole place in Philadelphia, thousands of listeners showing up to watch the Phillies and drink beer with you, Fritz. That's that's the start of a weekend right there, my friend. Well, I would say not even the start of a weekend, but I would think that that's a dream for a lot of people around here, you know, being yeah. able to, to yeah. have some beers and, and just be graced with the knowledge that I present uh, about the Phillies and, and my baseball team here. My, I got to be honest, like, the sun is just radiating off you today. Like, it is striking. Um, is that because you happen to be staring out at, at Fenway Park? Is uh, We are doing the show here today. If you're watching on Twitch.tv, yep. BetQL, yeah. good job by you, Fritz. Good plug for those watching. I'm in yeah, our radio so, booth. The, the newly minted, by the way, Joe Castiglione radio booth celebrated 40 years of calling Red Sox baseball last night. They named the booth after him, Fritz. So I am here in our radio booth at Fenway doing the show today. And that's, I just want to confirm, that's not the guy that got hit in the eye and that ended his career, right? It's, it's someone completely yeah, it's, different. That's Tony, it's Tony Canigliero, you idiot. God, you're such a moron. If it's not Philadelphia sports or football, you'd have no knowledge. You're betting on Mark Hubbard for golf, for God's sakes. Get out of your Hold Philadelphia on. bubble. Get out of that 215 area code and experience life for one second. You were much better, much better off your Virginia vacation where you hid there with no cell phone and you drank the beers by the fire with no service. You're back to reality. You're basically hosting your afternoon show this week with Ike Reese. And now you're back to having an attitude, and I don't like it. I'm going to say it right now. Uh, I just want to make sure, like, is there a uh, is there a fire sale on the field right now at, <laughs> as at Fenway Park, or is everything looking A-OK? There's a ta- there's a first sale sign on J.D. Martinez. There is there's one. It's on its leg. He's taking early BP right wow. now. We'll get, to the, we'll get to the trade deadline. Uh, there are a couple teams in the American League that desperately – have to do something between now and Tuesday. We'll get to that coming up in segment three. We'll get some NFL awards coming up in segment two. The horse you said has no guts is back running this weekend at Saratoga. We'll talk about him, but we'll start the NFL. We're going to talk quarterbacks here to open the show, folks. It is, it's football season, Hall of Fame games next week. So we're going to be full bore on football here on this show until they cancel us at some point. But until then, Fritz, it is football. We got to start with the Kyler Murray thing because you and our producer, Zach, are laughing your butts off here before the show mocking the Cardinals, mocking this whole situation. Uh, Are you ripping the Cardinals for what happened? Contract stipulates four hours of prep work, video work, that doesn't include video games each week. It became public. People felt like it embarrassed Kyler Murray. Then they took it out of the contract because of the reaction to it. Uh, Who do you blame for this? Who looks bad in all this, Fritz? Well, I don't know if you can tell or not, but I – on my own, put in at least four hours of, of tape study into this show <laughs> every, every single week. So, you know, I can I can relate to Kyler Murray. You know, I, I don't even need I don't need a, a, a clause in my contract here to, to put in the extra time. Just, I think we I'm do just... need a clause. We, Zach, put that in his next deal. He's got to actually look at the lines of the games. <laughs> Listen, it's just called being built different. You know that. Um, but it's like just have it again. I feel like I've said this a thousand times. And, I, you know, I, I don't want to boil this down to sports radio, but have a take, right? I mean, if you're going to put the, cu- the clause in or whatever, stick to it. Like, like, like the, the, the reaction or whatever, it'll blow over. But at the same time, if you're the Cardinals, like, 
did they want to pay Kyler Murray? Like what? Like what is this? Like what is this whole thing? This whole back and forth, Cardinals and Kyler, they're acting like a team that had no interest in paying their quarterback and felt like they just had to because they had no other option. And I don't know about you, Mutt, but like that doesn't sound like a a a good situation down there. And I said it last week. I felt like this was the uh, he was going to ask out in a year or two. But if you're going to put this in there as well, like he's like this is going to create something to where it's going to eventually cause him wanting to not be there anymore. I firmly believe that. I don't think he's going to forget this. Wow. And I just think it's stupid. Like, why are you trying to go out of your way to ruin a relationship with a guy that is supposed to be your franchise quarterback? Yeah, I, I, it's tough. We, we both have the same opinion last week. Like, they had to do it because what else are you going to do? I mean, you had Josh Rosen. He stunk. He went to Kyler Murray, so you had to pay him the money. Uh, I think this is sort of on Kyler to an extent. Like, Kyler told the world last year, uh, ESPN Arizona, I don't watch a lot of film. I'm naturally gifted. So, I mean, you can't blame the Cardinals for then saying, look, we got to take that next step. And I, I don't I, I don't blame the Cardinals in this case. Like, if you're going to make that investment, you want it in writing. Here's what we expect out of you. Like, I, I don't think it's a, a necessarily a bad thing. Now, it's bad it got out. It's bad they couldn't have a gentleman's agreement, you know, like like you and I have to put the prep in without having it in our contracts uh, for the show every week. Like they probably yep. could have done it that way. But if you're going to invest, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars, you, you want to have certain things there. So if they thought he wasn't working and clearly he admitted he really wasn't watching that much video, I don't have a problem with it. You're protecting your investment. Good for them. Yeah, I, I get it. But at the same time, you just mentioned about how, um, like, how does that get out? And it was so That's a good weird. Question. Because, because Kyler's not putting that out there. You know what I mean? Like, why would Kyler want that out there that they have a homework clause unless it was to kind of, you know, blow the whole situation up to where the, the Cardinals would take it back? I guess he could do that. But also it makes him look bad if they don't. So I, I kind of feel like the Cardinals put it out there. And again, that's just another example of like, why are you continuing to try to undermine a guy that you are, are supposed to make the face of your franchise? And they did. They made the money and, and I get it. But it just feels like, again, they don't they didn't really want to pay him. They didn't really want to commit a quarter of a billion dollars to Kyler Murray being their franchise quarterback. And I don't know. If I was running an NFL team and I had a talent like Kyler Murray, I think I would just say, I would just say, okay, listen, I I'm gonna suck it up and we're 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 sinking or swimming with with you or without you. Or no, we're sinking or swimming with you. Um and if it blows up, it blows up. But Again, he is your only chance at this point at relevancy. So why not just go all in and try to make it all work? Why are you putting a, a, a homework clause in? Why is that getting out? Like, it just seems like they had no interest in paying him. And I just don't understand that logic. Yeah, I think it, you, it's a good question. Like, where did it get leaked out? Like, I think it was the agent. The agent was like, this is embarrassing. We'll sign. But then here's our payback. Fine. We'll sign the deal with this stupid clause in here. We think it's stupid. We're going to call you guys out. And what's going to happen is you're going to take it out because the, the, the reaction is going to be embarrassing. And so you're right. I, I wonder, you know, the, the leaking out part of it. I don't – the relationship is going to be sour if they're not winning games. If they start losing games and Kyler's a scapegoat, he's going to want out there in, in Arizona. That is for sure. Uh, for now, he fought back and said, look, this is stupid. I work hard. I'm not mad at the Cardinals. We'll see how long that lasts in a training camp. He is not a second-year quarterback, Fritz, but there are five different – First round, second year quarterbacks we want to discuss here, kick off the show today because they're all they're all interesting in their own way. You know, especially we'll go through them all. We'll start in the order they were drafted. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, whose team went three and 14 a year ago, 
uh, over under six and a half there in Jacksonville. Uh, make the playoffs, they're four and a half to one, seven and a half one to win the AFC. I think the coaching change is huge for him. Uh, talent influx, we'll see. They paid a lot of money to a former Arizona wide receiver, and they brought in Evan Ingram, who's already having balls bounce off his hands, allegedly, into the arms of defensive backs there uh, in Jacksonville. I just think the, the, the coaching uh, has to be a major improvement with Doug Peterson showing up there. You saw his work with quarterbacks there in Philadelphia. How much better can Trevor Lawrence be in year two? How much faith do you have in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence and the new coaching staff there in Jacksonville? You know what's interesting is that, like, Trevor Lawrence, it's so interesting that it feels like the general feeling around the, the, the NFL and the coverage and the media is like, ah, like, bust. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I think he's one of those cases where you got to give it time. You know, I mean, I just don't think you go from a year ago being the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, and then, yeah. you know, there's some Peyton Manning talk in there, uh, to a year later with – Urban Meyer as his head coach, uh, no offensive weapons to, okay, this guy's bad now. Like, I think we can still bet on a lot of the track record that we saw at Clemson to believe that he's going to be pretty good this year. And I don't think it's fair to completely write him off. Now, I always thought his performance in big games was weird. You know, for as, for as generational as, as he was uh, labeled coming out, it always felt like he came up small in those national championship games besides his freshman year. Um, sure. So I think that was always something that I wasn't sure of. But when you're talking about pure talent, like the guy has it. And, you know, I don't like Doug. I think Doug will help. I, I don't think he's he, he shouldn't be viewed as like this super offensive genius guy. I just think that he's going to treat them like professionals. He's a player's first coach. He's an, uh, a pretty decent offensive mind. I don't think it's going to be as drastic as, say, like McVay walked in there or Zach Taylor walked in there or some of these younger guys. And they got Charles Lawrence to another level. So I'm in on, on him as a player, him as a prospect. I like that they went out, thought offense, uh, got him some weapons. I think they're doing the right things. Uh, I'm just not sure it's leading to seven wins. I still think it's going to be under. Um, but I do think that this is the year we see the real Trevor Lawrence start to emerge. Yeah, somebody who thinks that Doug Peterson's got a chance to win coach of the year, I'd be in on the over. And certainly, I'm if we're, if we're, if we're playing the game of buy or sell, I'm buying Trevor Lawrence as a second-year yes. quarterback. I am, I am selling every bit of Zach Wilson. I mean, I, I don't care about the offseason stuff. You know, you love who you love. I don't care what the age is. Age is a number, Fritz. You know that. Right. Uh, five and a half over under. A lot of money on the Jets to go over. There's a lot of buzz about them being an over team this year. Seven-ish to one to make the playoffs. 24 to one to win the AFC. Uh, there's there's buzz for Garrett Wilson at wide receiver. The kid Bryce Hall at running back. I, I don't buy this thing for a second. Like I think they are the last place team in the division by far. Uh, and if any of these guys we talk about here are going to be complete busts in the next couple of years, I think it's going to be Zach Wilson. I kind of bought into the BYU thing, Fritz, where it's like, oh, he's the he's got a little Mahomes out there on the West Coast. But uh, I saw some bad stuff in year one and. I, I, I want to uh, like all the young quarterbacks and hope that they all take a step forward. We love quarterbacks on the show of the five. We'll talk about today. Year two. He's the one I'm sell, sell, sell on. And I think that'll be the team that has to go back first to reset the quarterback position. Yeah. And I mean, listen, obviously Zach Wilson did some maturing this off season. Um, <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> came into camp, uh, you know, maybe ready to go, uh, you know, just growing up, but, it's it's this is this might be completely uh, overreaction, 
but he's I saw he threw like two picks at practice today and I'm like oh yeah. great so he's still throwing a million interceptions and like I love I love the way the, the way he throws like it's special I do believe his arm is special but unless he's about to have like a Brett Favre year where it's like I'm just gonna throw it and, and wherever it goes it goes and I'm gonna throw picks whatever I think that's the only way it's gonna work with Zach Wilson it's just he's got to be a gunslinger and he's got to go for it and he got to live with the picks I don't think picks are the end of the world. You know, as long as you're pushing the ball out on the field and you're explosive, the 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 Jets were none of that last year. But the yeah. the, the interceptions are very very concerning uh, when you're talking about Zach Wilson. So I thought I would be more in, but as we get closer to the season, I find myself being more out. And part of me, it's it's sort of tied to Robert Sala. Like I, he's a defensive coach. Like how how much can he get? Uh, out of Zach Wilson, uh, but I'm with you. I, the training camp stats, I don't give a crap. I mean, who? It's ridiculous. Some of the coverage. Oh, you went 11 for 12 and seven on set. I don't, I don't care about that stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I, they're, they got such a tough a division hater. to play in. You're such a hater. Dude. Yeah. You're oh, you're, oh, you're really, you're breaking down. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll save training camp stat talk for uh, later on in the show. I want to get to one more quarterback here. And that's Justin Fields. This is interesting, right? Six and 11 a year ago, Fritz, uh, four and a half to one ish to make the playoffs, almost 10 to one to, to win the NFC. Their over under is six and a half. They blew out the coach, but they brought in Everflus, who's a defensive guy. And the coordinator, maybe because you're more NFC than I am, I focus on the Patriots and the AFC, but Luke Getze is the new coordinator there. He was the quarterback coach and the offensive passing game coordinator for Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years. He was the position coach for Devontae Adams as a wide receiver in Green Bay when he had a big year. So I guess there's an offensive tie there. I wanted, as a Patriots fan, Fields over Mac Jones a year ago. There's talent there. What kind of setup do you think he has in Chicago? Uh, if I'm buying on Lawrence and I'm selling on Wilson, I I guess I'm leaning by on uh, Fields, but not as strongly as, as Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I'm sort of with you. I would love to buy on, on Justin Fields, but then I look at, okay, uh, Iberflus is a defensive head coach. I don't know if I yep. love having like Aaron Rodgers quarterback coach as the as the offensive coordinator because like Aaron Rodgers, I feel like is his own quarterback coach. Like it's not like he's teaching mechanics and all of that. Um so that that worries me a little bit. And the fact that you look at the weapons, I mean, like Darnell Mooney is, is one of their guys. They, they traded for yeah. your boy, Nikhil Harry. Um, he stinks. He stinks. Right. Like they just don't. So I want to like Justin Fields. But when I look at the history of the Bears, which like who's there, they've never had a good quarterback, you know, like literally in franchise history, unless you want to go back to like the. 60s unless i mean jim mcmahon got there but whatever um but then you go defensive head coach uh unproven offensive mind bad weapons and history of the bears it's hard to be fully in on justin fields even though i want to believe it's like if he if was almost anywhere else i think he'd have a shot yeah Cade mcnown is very upset you didn't consider him a good quarterback i'm with you on middle of the road when it comes to fields two of these second year quarterbacks had teams that made the playoffs last year 49ers and patriots let's come back and talk about them and some awards in the nfl it's Mutt and Fritz, BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Menansky and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. Hope you are having a great weekend, wherever you're listening or watching BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, Mutt and Fritz, Mutt W-E-E-I on Twitter, Jack Fritz, W-I-P, for all your Phillies uh, takes during the game. Also check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv. Just follow and search BetQL. Uh, we're talking quarterbacks and second-year quarterbacks. 
There are five in the first round. We apologize to Davis Mills. We focus on the first-year guys here. Fritz said we're not talking about Davis Mills today, so we leave him yeah. aside. Uh, two of the teams that have second-year quarterbacks made the playoffs a year ago, one of those is the 49ers, who are right there in the NFC title game against the Rams after upsetting uh, the Packers earlier in the playoffs. They're moving to Trey Lance, baby. 10-7 and seven a year ago. They're minus 225 to be a playoff team this year. 2-1 to one to win the NFC West. 7.5-1 to one to win the NFC. 16-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. And uh, we're going to talk about this in Boston uh, heading into the weekend. The most interesting teams not named the Patriots. It's got to be the 49ers top of the list, right? What does Trey Lance bring? Did they get the pick right? Or did they screw it up by going to this guy over Jimmy Garoppolo? Man, I just got to be honest. I am so proud of the Niners. You finally did it. You, you finally were like, you know, you had a little temptation. Jimmy G, 33-11, and 11, NFC Championship game, Super Bowl. You could do it. You could talk yourself into it. But I'm just so proud of them for moving on and giving them a real chance at greatness. And that is yeah. Trey Lance. Frankly, I don't care his numbers last year. I don't. You know what I believe in, Mutt? I believe in a great defense. I believe in a great head coach. And I believe in Trey Lance. Uh, is he going to be Patrick Mahomes? No. But I think he has a chance to be a real difference maker. And I'm just so damn proud that they finally had a take. And they were like, you know what? We gave up three first-round picks to go up and get this guy. We viewed him as the missing piece. Jimmy G got us to a point, but it's time to move on. And they're finally doing it. So I'm proud of the Niners, and I'm more in than I'm out on Trey Lance. I still think that I, – I just think his, his, his raw tools are still ridiculous. I think as he goes along here, he'll be better. I think Shanahan's a really, really good head coach. Um, and I just – you know, I'll take a shot on everything they have there and him being the right kind of guy rather than you look at these other guys. Trevor Lawrence, we have no idea what's going to be there. Zach Wilson, it's just such a bad situation. And and Justin Fields, like it's just you know they have no weapons. They have they have a the a first year offensive coordinator, defensive head coach. Like you know, I think that Trey Lance is in obviously the best situation here to make a real difference for the Niners. Yeah, and I guess Seattle could end up with Jimmy Garoppolo, and that'll give them a better but again, quarterback. Why? But, like, like I, but it doesn't mean games this year. Who cares? I, I, I'm with you. Start Geno, tank, and go get one of the four or five quarterbacks for next year's draft. Doesn't make sense, but you keep hearing, you know, wait till Seattle gets Jimmy Garoppolo. But they they get the benefit of I think kind of a soft division. You and I both are down on Arizona. Seattle's tanking, so it's the Rams and the 49ers. But they've had the I will to counter what you said one second. This has been their take for a while. Like, they wanted to trade for Kirk Cousins. They almost made a move for Tom Brady. Forever they've been, we're going to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. They finally did it, but their take for a while has been, we can only go so far with Jimmy Garoppolo. Awesome weapons around him. Now that the DK Metcalf contract is done, Debo's going to get settled in there. They have an awesome tight end. Shanahan's offense makes quarterbacks better. I mean, they, Jimmy G's not 33-11 on talent. He's 33-11 on the players around him and the coaching staff. So I'm with you. If this kid just not vomit all over himself, they're in a great spot. And I, and I, I want to see how he develops because the, the reports on him training camp reports have been as high, like he's Mahomes or he's the worst quarterback ever. So yep. it's gotta be somewhere in the middle. So I, I am yep. fascinated to watch, but uh, I'm looking forward to it to me. One of the more interesting teams in the league this year. And one that uh, I think is a threat uh, to make a run in the NFC. If Trey Lance 
is any good. You get a pretty good price right now, uh, depending on where you're looking. Finally, in our backyard here in New England, it's Mac Jones, playoff team a year ago as the rookie, the only rookie quarterback, take his team to the playoffs a year ago. Nine and eight, eight and a half over under this year, uh, plus 160 to be a playoff team, five to one to win the division. It's all I care about. Like I ran on a rant on the radio in Boston a couple nights ago. As training camp started on the eve, Fritz, I said, all I care about is Mac Jones, his development, Matt Patricia, who's going to call the plays this year, not screwing him up, uh, getting him talent next year when they have $100 million to spend. To me, it's all about Mac. Nothing else matters. You don't have a quarterback in the NFL. You don't matter. Uh, I, I feel good about Mac. I don't love Matt Patricia and Joe Judge being the guys that guide him. I will admit that. So I think there's a chance he takes a step forward. Stick at training camp reports, say his arm is stronger. He's added some oh. muscle. He's more fit. Yeah. Um, but I'm worried about Patricia and Judge, if we're being honest, because I think those guys stink like garbage. Well, my, I'm I'm proud of you. You know, I was oh, just proud of the, I was just I was just proud of the Niners. Um, but I'm proud of you for for admitting to that you are worried about Mac Jones and you are worried that hey maybe losing an offensive guru like Josh McDaniels <laughs> and replacing him with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge is not the best plan in the modern NFL. Like really, this is your grand idea for a second year quarterback who by the way is not overly talented. I think he's fine. I don't think he's I think he's just a, a pretty good game managing Jimmy G-ish kind of quarterback. I think that's what Mac Jones is. Now, I know he has Belichick I know he has a good ecosystem up there, infrastructure, whatever, to, to, to thrive. But at the same time, <laughs> I don't think ecosystem is the right word at all. I think I infrastructure, sure. yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. infrastructure yeah. is the right, the right term, 100%. Um, you know, sometimes I get stuck up because I try to use big words to sound smart. And that was one of those instances where I try to use big words to sound smart. But regardless... I know everyone's laughing by the scenes, especially Gersh. I can just tell he's like laughing by the scenes. Um, no, but like with Mac Jones, it's it's like he's not that talented. You don't really have great weapons around him. Josh McDaniels is gone. I'd be worried about Mac Jones if I was a Patriots fan. I really would. Um, I don't like the direction the franchise is going, and um, you know I just don't think they're they're prioritizing the right things right now. So. Um, I'm sorry, Mutt, but I'm, I'm selling Mac Jones and the Patriots this year. Um, I'm not feeling it. I told you, I bet the under already. I have the over on the Raiders, under on the, the Patriots, two of the bigger bets I made. So I, I, I'm in on Mac Jones. I'm out on the entire process of, hey, Ramondre Stevenson is gonna, and Damian Harris is going to carry him. That's the other thing, the, the Ramondre I mean, Stevenson buzz. It's way too much, a, way too much. You're such a weird Patriots fan. Like you, yeah, I am. You, you're all in on the Raiders and Josh and Daniels, your boy. And you're following Tom Brady from afar and just checking in and seeing how he's doing yep. down there in Tampa. Yeah. Oh, not checking in. I, I listen, it's a different show, but I watch I watch every Bucks game like it's a Pats game, buddy. I I, I am all in. Uh, Julio Jones, great addition for my guy TB12 down there in Tampa. Uh so well that, I, it'll be fun to follow these quarterbacks all year. Uh I think Lawrence, Lance, and Mac Jones, the most interesting. It's a couple of playoff teams there, I think. We'll see how they progress as the year goes on. It ties into a bigger picture, and that is some of the awards right now in the NFL. It is award season, listening to Nick uh, and Ken on uh, You Better You Bet on our network. They have been awesome this week on the award stuff. I want to hit a couple of these. We've done some last week. We like to call it analyzing the awards, Fritz, because no one else names their segments quite like we do. Uh, let's start with Offensive Rookie of the Year. Jamar Chase won it a year ago. Uh, Justin Herbert and Justin Jefferson a year before that, where Jefferson should have won, but Herbert won because he's a quarterback. 
15 of the last 20 winners of this thing were first-round picks. Quarterbacks win it all the time. Let's start with you. A couple of minutes uh, on each of these awards here. Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL. Who do you like in the market? Any bets you want to play heading into uh, training camp, really getting underway? Yeah, and this 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 market should be interesting because there's not really that quarterback that you can realistically place a bet on, which makes it harder. You know, like yep. Kenny Pickett, we're not even sure is going to start. Desmond Ritter's not going to start. Matt Corral's not going to start. Like, there's not really that clear-cut, okay, this is the guy. Malik Willis isn't going to start. So that's what makes it tough. Um, and if I'm looking over it right now, um, a couple of names that stick out to me are Christian Watson of the Green Bay Packers. You know, they lose Devontae Adams. Aaron yep. Rodgers is still going to put up massive numbers. Um, Watson, the only thing, obviously went to North Dakota State, so it's a bit of a smaller school. Um, D1 AA, but I mean, everyone, like all the advanced analytics, whatever, his testing scores are all tremendous. And we know that uh, Aaron Rodgers, when he gets a rapport with receivers, like they just go off and they turn into way better versions of themselves, you know, like sure. Jordy. Um, like he's done this forever, you know, uh, ever since he's pretty much got there. So you kind of take a shot on Christian Watson being that kind of guy that can. Uh, hit it off with Rodgers. The only thing that would concern me is that I think it takes a while for him to trust guys, and especially rookie receivers. Like, I think next year would be the bigger year for Christian Watson, but just in the chance yep. that they go off early, I would be in that market. And another name that uh, is already shining at camp um, and in a similar situation as Christian, Christian Watson is Sky Moore uh, of yep. the Chiefs. They lose Tyreek Hill. I, you know, I, I think I think Nicole Hardman's fine. Um, I'm not a, a Juju Smith-Schuster guy. So if you're looking for a, a, a next possible breakout star at the receiver position, I couldn't love Sky Moore plus a thousand more. Um, you know, I think Mahomes is going to turn him into a, a superstar out there. Other than that, you know, uh, one other name that kind of sticks out real fast is Kenneth Walker the third. The only thing is that like the, sharp the, the yeah, well, maybe. And uh, Chris Carson retired, so maybe I was just looking at, like, possible snaps. The only thing is, like, they're not giving offensive rookie a year to a team that wins four games. Uh, yeah, that's a good like, point. That's a running back. So that's one thing that was kind of – but I thought at least with Carson, unfortunately, having to retire with a neck injury, maybe some Kenneth Walker buzz. But other than that, like, it's going to be a it's gonna be a tough race because there's not really a clear-cut quarterback, and these receivers, some of them are in tougher spots. If Kenny Pickett wins the job and you want to jump in, if you think he's going to beat Trubisky at 5-1, to one, you can jump in now because, like you said, quarterback's going to win. The minute they name him the starter, that number's going down to 3-1. to one. So if you think Kenny Pickett can win the job, you're betting him at 5-1. to one. I have two names, though. We landed on one of the two names, and that's Sky Moore. Like, Sky Moore at 10-1 to one right now. They, they, they're, they're, I want opportunities. These are, these are opportunity awards. Who's going to get opportunities to play? Like, Bill Belichick does not force-feed rookies into his lineup. The Chiefs are going to have to with Sky Moore. All the receptions and touches they left with Tyree Kill went out the door. And I don't, you said McCall Hardman's fine. Maybe, but he has underachieved big time what he was supposed to be. Juju, same sort of thing. So I think Sky Moore is going to get just opportunities. And if he's a huge offensive weapon in a really good offense, he's going to garner attention. At 10 to 1, he makes sense. And then Bryce Hall there in New York. Like, I, I don't love the Jets this year, but he's got to be better than Michael Carter. And, and to me, he's got a chance to have – 800 yards rushing, seven or eight touchdowns, 30 or 40 receptions. Like, again, opportunities. Who's got opportunities? Who's going to step in right away? Like, I've seen a lot of uh, Burke uh, buzz in, in Tennessee. Is he going to step right in and replace A.J. Brown? I find that hard to believe right away in Tennessee. So, Sky Moore, 
Bryce Hall right there at the top. And if you want to get really crazy, the kid cooked there in Buffalo. Like if you're going to use him as a, like a multi-tool weapon, third down back, use him a lot, mix him in uh, there in Buffalo with a really good Josh Allen offense. He, to me, at a bigger price, I would be interested in him. But Skywar is my favorite 10 to 1. Nope, nope, nope. If we're looking for a if we're looking for a dark horse in the offensive rookie of the year class, okay. Feed me George Pickens out there in Pittsburgh. They are unbelievable at scouting the receiver position. If Trubisky starts, maybe George Pickens is their next superstar out there in, in Pittsburgh. He's not listed on here, but I'd be very curious to see what his odds would be because he's already going off in camp. If you're going by camp videos he looks like he's a future wide receiver one in the in the making all right most improved player we'll move quickly these last couple as we get towards the end of the segment there's a standout michael thomas is a absolute standout they give it to guys who missed a lot of time who come back and put up stats uh michael thomas already looks good in camp after first couple of days Jameis is going to be locked in on him the entire year he's sitting up there on the board right now in some places at 10 to 1 michael thomas is my favorite preseason bet right now most wow. improved player uh, I don't want De- Derrick Henry at three to one no thanks Jameis at five to one I guess but the price is a little short uh, Michael Thomas missed the entire year sports writers are dumb they vote for popular players Michael Thomas is popular I want Michael Thomas at anywhere between seven and ten to one for most for, for comeback player of the year in the NFL you're not buying a LASIK Jameis? You know, you can actually no, see no, that. No, not, the price isn't as good. I want the better price. You're getting twice the price on Michael Thomas right now. Yeah, and, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And I guess, you know, Olave is down there. They added Jarvis Landry, so I worry a little bit about um, other weapons there. A couple names that I thought stuck out to me were Christian McCaffrey. You know, if he can just stay healthy and be good with Matt Rule, obviously being a a, a, a turnaround. If I was a, <laughs> is there a comeback player of the year for coaches? Is there a comeback coach of the year? No, we're betting on Matt Rule, but it's 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 first coach fire. We'll get to that next week. Go ahead. Anyway, Christian McCaffrey, I think, has some decent odds. Um, and then J.K. Dobbins. I mean, J.K. Dobbins was looking like a future star at the Ravens. They're going to be a run-heavy offense. Um, Lamar, obviously, like they want to run the ball, and I think J.K. Dobbins coming back. You don't love any value on Mitchell Trubisky, possibly, you know, learning under Brian Dable, our guy up in Buffalo, and then going to Pittsburgh with those weapons. Again, I wrote down Mitch, Thomas, and Jameis, but I need Mitch to win the job first. Like, if you tell me Mitch is going to win the job, then 12 to 1 is fair. If he gets beat out by Pickett, then it's not worth the bet. But I'm going to focus on Michael Thomas uh, and a bet on Matt Rule to get fired. We'll talk about that next week on the show. Coming up, segment three, you know what that means. Horse racing at Saratoga, the Fritz List in baseball. BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Mananski and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. Homestretch, BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, Twitch.tv, BetQL, Mutt and Fritz for a few more minutes. Hope wherever you are, you're having a great weekend or getting ready uh, for a great weekend. It'll be a great weekend of baseball, Fritz. We have the final full weekend for the trading deadline coming up on Tuesday. Uh, I'm sure there are going to be moves. Uh, you think your uh, Juan Soto is going to be moved there in uh, Washington. We'll see what happens there. Uh, that's the expectation. Uh, you and I asked sort of a question off the air, like the teams that like have to make moves right between now and Tuesday. And the more I look right. at it, it's anyone in the American League 
who is fighting for wild card, not named Seattle. If you haven't been paying attention to baseball this year, Seattle and Baltimore are two major surprise teams. Seattle is currently in a wild card spot. I did the math this morning, Fritz. I put pen to paper. I did the Kyler Murray thing. I grinded. 38 games left for the Mariners against these teams. Angels, Rangers, A's, Nats, Tigers, Royals. They all stink, okay? The Mariners are a playoff team. I'm giving them one of the wild card spots already. So if you're Toronto, Tampa, Baltimore, Boston, Cleveland, and kind of the White Sox, you've got to make moves because one of the wild cards is already going to the Seattle Mariners. So to me, the AL wild card contenders, including the Red Sox, by the way, have to get better between now and Tuesday. Any team stands out as those who have to make moves before the deadline. They're going to make any sort of run for a playoff spot or a World Series run. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I genuinely feel like right now the Soto and now it seems like Otani sweepstakes are are kind of holding up the market because like you look at yeah. the Mariners, you look at the Padres, you look at the Cardinals, and they they're they're waiting like okay, well I don't want to miss out on Juan Soto or Shohei Otani by going and making one of these smaller trades right now. Like the Mariners could get a trade done, the Padres, Cardinals, like all these teams could get these trades done, but. Why would you rush to trade for whoever, like a Benintendi or um, like Tyler Naquin got traded last night? Like, why would you do that when the, the the big fish are still out there? So it seems like if we get close to, to Tuesday and it comes out like, listen, we're not moving Soto, we're not moving Otani right now, um, I think we'll start to see this market hopefully pick up. But when I look at the AL, the Blue Jays have just been ridiculous since they they fired Charlie Montoya. Um, they're, they're, they're finally looking like the team that I think a lot of us kind of thought you know they were yep. heading into the year um you know you look at them i think a guy like jack peterson makes a lot of sense they need a, a left-handed bat the giants decide to sell here um bullpen i they they continually need that like daniel bard i think makes a lot of sense so um but i'm with you on the mariners man i i have such a uh soft spot for teams who haven't made the playoffs in a long time like finally breaking through as a phillies you're fan because you're yeah. a phillies fan <laughs> Well, I want people to feel sympathy for me, you know, as, <laughs> as I go through this. But really, like, I, that's why I root for the Jets. That's why I root for, you know, the Buffalo. I would love to see Buffalo win a World Series. And that Mariners team, like, dude, like, Julio Rodriguez is is such a superstar. Like, I, it's so funny. Every, like, they go they go from Griffey, A-Rod, all-timers, and Julio feels like the the next of those guys. Um, that are just ridiculous, and him in the playoffs would be a lot of fun. I love when Safeco, even though it's not Safeco anymore, what is it, T-Mobile ballpark? Um, I like when that gets nope. going. So uh, Jerry Depoto always makes a ton of trades. I wonder if they can pull off the Soto thing. They can if they want. Um, again, the Otani, I just I have a weird feeling he can get moved here. I mean, he said last night, like, I'm an angel for right now, which is always, like, the, the last sign of, like, I guess he could be moved. Um, and then other AL teams. If I'm the Astros, you know, first off, I think they're better than the Yankees right now. I think the Yankees yep, actually starting to start, starting to worry me. If I was a if I was a Yankees fan, I'd be a little concerned. Ooh. Go get Wilson Ooh. Contreras. I mean, go get Wilson Contreras. Go lock down the catcher position. Get you another legit bat. You already have good starters right now. Um, that's the one position I would look at for them. Um, if the Mariners don't get Juan Soto, if they can come out of this deadline with Luis Castillo, add him to that starting staff. I mean, that would give them just another another top top flight option out there. Yeah, I think the Red Sox are going to move J.D. Martinez and try to add in other places. Uh, anything else in the National League? Because you're locked in on the NL real quick. Yeah. Um, 
you know, you look at the the Braves are the one team that jumps out. Like they lose Adam Duvall um, last week. You know, they they are one of those teams where they've just been hot for it seems like two and a half months right now. They need an outfield bat. I'm surprised they didn't go get uh, Benintendi and and try to make a move there. Um, so you know, whether it's uh, a jock reunion, David Peralta, Trey Mancini. It's so weird. Like the Orioles are on this unbelievable run, and yeah. and, and Trey Mancini like. Le- Acting like last night was his last game at Camden Yards. Like, and he's, and he's a great not? story too. The guy yes. he fought cancer, he came back. It's the inside of the Parker. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any. They can't move him. What, what message? I mean, maybe they don't care what they send the message to the fans. The Red Sox do that. They told them not trading Xander Bogarts. They told Xander Bogarts, Fritz. I know you joked about it for sale sign. If they make moves here in Boston, it will not be Bogarts. It will not be Devers, at least till the off season. Trey Mancini should be hands off. You're in the, you're ahead of the Red Sox in the standings right now. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 insane to me. So, um, yeah, we'll see what the Red Sox do too, because they're one of those teams that they have a bunch of like interesting parts that could theoretically fit some fit some prospects here at the deadline. They should probably sell because it's clearly not their year. They need more starters, all of that. Um, and this offseason, I, I thoroughly look forward to Rafi Devers being a Philly and Dave Dombrowski <laughs> bringing his guy home. So, I couldn't be more looking forward to that. Uh, Kyle Schwarber. Uh, is he at a home run today yet? Probably somewhere. Should be playing first base for the Red Sox. Instead, it's someone named Franchi Cordero. Booting balls around like it's a soccer ball. Uh, deadline is coming up on Tuesday. Uh, it should be very, very active and uh, looking forward to it. I'm going to just push back for one second. Otani's not getting moved. Too big of a deal to get done between now and Tuesday. Just like I, I wouldn't be shocked if they hold on to Soto and say, yeah, we're trying to extract the most value possible. But there's going to be a lot of moves because a lot of contenders right now in both the AL and the NL wild card. Uh, it's late in the show. It's the weekend. We need a Fritz list. We had the Fritz list of beers last week. Uh, we're getting towards August, final weekend of July. Fritz, what do you have for us this week, buddy? What I have for you today, Mutt, is I don't know how this is going to sit with you. Um, okay. But I feel like it was time for this Fritz yep. list. Okay. The, top, the, the five signs that Boston's reign on top of the sports world is coming to an end. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Do it. Like it. I like it. Number five is Manny Ramirez, who was twice the player as Big Poppy, is not in the Hall of Fame, but David Ortiz is in the Hall of Fame. I think it's a joke. They should both be in. I'm fine with Big Poppy being in, but I also think that there are other players that should be in along with Big Poppy. Okay, it's a bigger. Okay, now we're doing a steroid show. I'm not. Okay, let's save, save that for. We have plenty to talk about. That has nothing to do with Boston sports. You can argue these dumb sports writers in the Hall of Fame. And again, remember, there are some people who didn't vote for Griffey or Jeter. Like they're they're morons. I can't defend them. Uh, we can save the state. That has nothing to do with Boston sports. What's number four? Go. Well, well I was start. one. Of the, I was. That's I was one of the Hall. Of, I was the Hall of Fame voter that did not vote for Jeter unanimously. I was the one that kept him out. Um, no I watched. MVP. I watched the Captain documentary. I've got to vote for him now. <laughs> yes yes i just don't know how a guy's unanimous without winning one mvp seems like a seems like a weird decision um Get to your list. number four is that the celtics won't trade Jalen brown and marcus smart for kd i mean come on marcus smart is the is the breaking point to possibly adding kevin durant what are we doing here i know he's a good defensive player but also kind of a uh not great on offense so go get kevin durant and go enjoy your your title next year boston I'm with you. On, I'm with you on Durant. If if JB gives him Jalen Brown gives any indication he doesn't want to sign here long term, 
Brad Stevens has to look at it. We did a, a, a Twitter poll question, which you know is very scientific, Fritz. 85% of the fans would not trade Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. Wow. Like a thousand votes. So I can't, wow. I'm not in that camp. I want, I would love to see Durant and Tatum teamed up. So that's a fair one. Number three. Number three uh, signs that Boston's uh, reign at the top of the sports world is coming to an end is that the Red Sox are crying poor and are going to trade Rafi Devers, who is unbelievable this this offseason. Apparently, he's asking for 300 plus million and they offered him 150. Like That's John Heyman's report, yeah. I mean, yeah. what are we doing up there in Boston? You, I mean, you first you lose Mookie. You would think he'd be able to save that money for a generational talent like Rafi Devers. Crying poor, you're the Red Sox. You sell out every night. I will uh, not recently. If it's a lot, I could have bought Rosa seats here on Sunday. Uh, I, I will say this: I don't want to criticize them until it happens. I would have traded Mookie Betts too. I don't trust Mookie Betts long term in that contract. Little wrists, little arms. He's going to break down. The power numbers will go down. Rafael Devers is not like that. Rafael Devers is built like David Ortiz. He's going to hit 30 home runs a year for the next decade. If and when they trade him, and they can't. Then we will do an entire show if you'd like ripping them. I want them to. I want to see them really fail first because deep down, how can they possibly, in the span of four seasons, Betts, Bogarts, Devers all out the door? I find it unlikely. They are a little small market, high and bloom, a little small marketish for me right now. I want more Andrew Friedman, less high and bloom. But until they do it, I'm not going to rip them for it. Number two. Number two is that Matt Patricia is calling plays. For the New England Patriots, a once proud franchise. I mean, what are we doing up there? Matt Patricia, that's your big idea? That's your big, uh, I got a second-year quarterback. Let's get the most out of him. Uh, seems like a disaster, and it has to be number two on the reason why uh, Boston's reign at the top of the sports world is coming to an end. There's a walkie-talkie where Patricia's, like, calling in plays at training camp. This, this is a guy who you know, got laughed out of Detroit. His highlight in Detroit, well, he had co-highlights. He beat the Patriots that one time. Congratulations. And then he yelled at that reporter for slouching in yep. a press conference. Those are the two yep. Matt Patricia highlights there. Again, from McDaniels to Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, there is no defense. This feels like a very long-winded way of you just criticizing Boston. I'm not sure how this is like the rain, their reign is over. I mean, I'm yeah. okay with you ripping Boston, but I'm not sure these are tied into the reign of Boston sports being over. But I agree with you on that one, number one. And number one, the number one main sign that Boston's reign at the top of the sports world is coming to an end is that Mike Menansky was calling a Red Sox game last Sunday. I mean, what are we doing up there? Is anyone in the booth coming up and and giving color on a broadcast? Giving the color commentary on a a broadcast? No. Um, I'm proud of you. That was a cool honor. But seriously, anyone can do it these days. I, hey, listen, if I can do it, literally anyone can do it. That That's the best one. The fact that they put me in the booth is a sign we're in trouble here in Boston. Meanwhile, we have 60 seconds here. Uh, Saturday at Saratoga, the Jim Dandy Stakes. There's only four horses running, Fritz, but two of those four are, are BetQL weekend horses. Early voting who won the Preakness and that trifecta I gave out to you and everyone else against my horse, Epicenter. Epicenter will be a slight favorite. I think he's going to win. He's going to win the Travers. He's going to win the Breeders' Cup Classic. You say has no heart. I want Epicenter in the Jim Dandy at 5.37 Eastern time coming up on Fox TV on Saturday. Huge race. Huge race. Yeah, and as we all know on this show, Epicenter lacks the clutch gene. We've been over it many times. Does does not know how to win. And if Mark Hubbard, my guy, can take on the Rocket <laughs> Mortgage Classic, it will be a great weekend for BetQL. 
lacks conviction, say the boys in the back. Excellent job, uh, Zach and all our producers here today. Fritz, we'll talk to you next week, buddy. Enjoy your weekend of sports. Go Epicenter. Go Mark Hubbard, who's a million shots back in the Rocket Mortgage Open. We'll talk to you next week. Back QL weekend. Back QL Network.